welcome back to After the Checkers, everybody. I'm Kyle Hall, and I'm sitting here with a guy that's been on the list for a long, long time uh, to get onto the show. And finally, we kind of made contact, or I made contact with him. It's the one and only Jason Vandekamp. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Welcome to After the Checkers. Thanks for being on the show, Jason. Hey, it's my honor. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, you come recommended. We we. I just recorded the show not too long ago with, with a buddy of yours named Mac Johnston. And, and he's like, you got to get Vandy on the show. He goes, I'll, I'll put in a word for you, which I don't know if he ever did, but oh, he did. Uh, yeah. Did he? Okay. Perfect. All so right. uh, that's thanks Mac. Uh, <laughs> Cause he watches every episode and we, and he's a sponsor of the show now. So thank you Mac for being on the show for East central sports. Mac is on the side of your car as well, all over it, the ECS sponsorship on your car as well. Uh, and then also thank you to Minnesota Trek headquarters for being long time and continuing supporter of the show as well. Thank you to those guys and uh, go, go get your, a, 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 a new to you car at Minnesota Trek headquarters. So, so a, a lot of times these, these shows kind of end up being the same questions and I, and it's, I wanted to be completely different questions for you, Jason. And I found myself coming back to the same spot because there's the things that I want to know about you and I don't know each other. We don't hang out. We're not friends. We've met a time or two at the racetrack and the pits, you know, Hey, Jason, I'm Kyle. Yep. I'm Jason, that kind of a thing. But I don't, I don't know a lot about your career and your history and that sort of stuff. And those are the questions that I think people want to know about. So first things first is why are you number 16? Um, well, my birthday is October 16th. And so in high school and all through school, I guess my number was 16 through all my sports, baseball, football, hockey, all that. So it just, that was my number and that's what I stuck with. Yeah. Perfect. I like that. I, I don't, uh, if, if, and when I race, I'm number 13 all the time. And it, that is, I was number 13 as a contrarian because everyone said, Oh, 13 is not lucky. And so I'm like, well, that's going to be my lucky number then. And so every time I get to choose a number, I always choose 13 and uh, same kind of thing. You're, you're lucky that you in, in high school sports that you got to choose your number. Like I, I never was good enough to that. They said you get to choose whatever number you want. Well, I, I'm, I I played varsity sports as a freshman. So, uh, you know, when you, you had, you know, when you did well, you got to be first to pick your number and, uh, and, and people knew whose numbers were whose and that was just how it was so you just, you just nobody ever all of your buddies just stayed away from the 16 because that was your number we all had a different number and, and nobody ever wanted to overlap it, right. it actually worked out really well for you know the the grades older than me and um you know and so yeah it just it, it worked out really well so it's just where are you where did you where are you from jason where did you grow up uh, i grew up in north branch i went graduated from north branch high school um so yeah, that's that's where I grew up. Left there, went to Winona, or went to UW Stout for a year, then went to Winona State for finished down there for three years. So nice, nice. And uh, and did you like you said you kind of played all of the sports through high school? Did that continue on into college at all, or or did you where you just become an academic in college? <laughs> I did not want to go to college. I um, <laughs> and no one, no one in my family had gone to college ever. Um, so I was going to be the first. I was determined to do that. And uh, I, I played baseball in college my first year uh, at UW Stout. Tore my rotator cuff uh, shortly before we were leaving for Florida for the spring training down there for games. And 
and um, just never, never got it fixed and never played again. So, uh, so you deal with that still today? At times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's uh, it's one of those things that it, it can feel better for a little bit, and then all you'll do the most mundane taking your shirt off or sweatshirt off, and all of a sudden it just grabs you, and you know right away what happened. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's it. I w- I wish I would have you know, had it taken care of, but back then, you know, like my mom didn't have great health insurance and it just, it just, things weren't going to happen. And, uh, um, you know, now I want to play catch with my kids and things like that. And I can go out and play for a little while, but then I pay for it for three, four days after. Yep. Yep. There's uh, I had, I had injured mine, not, it wasn't ripped or torn or anything like that, but it was, it was heavily strained and, I actually had physical therapy sort of fixed it and it every now and then you'll feel a little bit of a flare up kind of a thing where again, you're doing normal everyday stuff and it'll hurt. So that might be something is to go see a physical therapist. And I was, I didn't necessarily believe in that whatsoever, but then five, six weeks in, I'm like, man, this thing actually feels better. Like I, it was astonishing the difference for me. And so it might be different for you if if yours is actually torn uh, and never fixed 20 years later, 30 years later, whatever it is that, that it might be too late for you, but it was, uh, it worked wonders for myself. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I tried some of the stuff with the trainers and things like that in college and, and whatever, but it was, it, it required surgery and to fix it right. And yeah. it just, I mean, it's, it's regrown. It's not torn anymore. I mean, that that's what they say, but it's just, yeah, it's not it's not the same, but it's I mean, I've dealt with it for 25 years, so I'm I'm good at this yeah, point. Yeah. Does it affect driving at all or obviously not? Because look at how great you are. But yeah. is it do you ever feel it in the car? No, no, no. I don't No, it, it really doesn't bother me unless I literally try to throw. Yeah. So so, so you just avoid that or or do some underhand stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, okay. So that's the 16. What is, what is your racing history? Did you, did you come into racing late in life or early on? Did you have family, a dad, an uncle, uh, somebody that raced before you, or are you the first? Well, my dad raced when I was really little. Um, I didn't really know much about racing then. I, I, I literally have two memories of that. I I remember his race car sitting on the trailer in our, in our yard. Mm -hmm. And I remember following him in the ambulance, um, when he rolled over, uh, St. Croix Speedway. And, uh, he never raced again after that, but I remember riding in our tiny little Brown Chevette following the ambulance and my mom trying to explain what was going on. And, you know, um, how old were you then? Uh, I was probably, five something like that what an impression to have as a as that young of a kid and then to to come about racing as an adult and be willing to go do the stuff you do that's crazy well and and you know when I first started racing you know my dad he didn't come he uh he was not supportive I I shouldn't say he wasn't supportive but he you know you you can't, we don't have enough, you don't have enough money and you, you can't do this, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, and he, he didn't come and then dad stuff. He I, was just doing dad stuff. Right. Right. And then, you know, I started doing better and then he started coming and now, I mean, he hasn't missed a race in 15, 20 years. I mean, it, yeah. so that's, um, 
Yeah, he's just doing dad stuff. Like his he he had the memories of that, and that's he probably knew the commitment level and the monetary commitment level, and and he knew that it was a forever thing. Like racing is a if you get bit a little bit, you're bit a lot, and you're you're just stuck in it. You can't ever get out of racing. Right. It's right. like the mob a little bit. <laughs> it is. It's an addiction. It is a heavy addiction, but it keeps you. You're too broke to be addicted to anything that's that's worse. Right. Yeah. And exactly. and I keep saying, what else would I do? You know, I don't, you know, I don't know what else I would do with all my yeah. time. Yeah. There's there's people that fish and I think, what? Like, I, I, I mean, yeah, every now and then it's where it's nice. But then, like, who fishes all the time and like four nights a week? Like, I mean, there's people that do it and I guess they like it, but it doesn't. I couldn't do that or the. There's just so many, so many hobbies that are inferior to racing. And it's, it's in my opinion, I guess that's why we're on the show together right now, Jason, but it's, uh, I don't know, man. I like, I'm the same way and I'm not even, I don't get the adrenaline rush that you guys get in the race car, but I do as the announcer at a racetrack, I, I feel the adrenaline announcer adrenaline when there's a great race happening, I get into it as much or more than anybody else does. And so uh, sometimes I get criticized because I'm too into the, I'm too excited when I'm talking, which is, it is what it is. Switch the channel if you don't like it, I guess, but. Right. Uh, uh, so is no, there. I mean, so yeah, I, I, and that was, you know, that was my first, first memory. And then, you know, that didn't happen for a long time, but then my grandparents are basically what really got me into racing. I mean, and, and a lot of people who know me know this, but that it was, it was every week they went to cedar lake and and other tracks but it was they lived right on highway 95 in north branch so we used to sit out in the front yard and we'd watch you know tommy nesbitt and joel Kreiderman and mitch johnson and all them guys they had to drive right by there off the freeway to buy grandpa and grandma's house and if we wanted to go to the racetrack we had to take a nap and be ready to go to the racetrack and i was we couldn't get to lay down quick enough you know i mean we went <laughs> every week that they would take us we would go and you know that was before you could buy reserve tickets so when usa nationals came you know grandma and i would go a day early and we'd go over there and put our blankets down and tape them down and then we'd go into new richmond and go shopping and go out to eat and come back you know it was that that's what we did and and that's they were the ones who got me into it and and then i you know i bought my first race car and my grandma's like oh heavens you know this is and she said up until you know she couldn't remember and and passed away but you know it's my fault that you do this it's my fault that you do this and it's like (laughs) you know so let's let's not say fault grandma let's say it's you're responsible for getting me into the thing that i love like that's yeah no that's there's not a fault that's this is good and so that's what I try to tell her. I'm like, I, I don't think this is bad. She's like, I know, but it just, it's so expensive. It costs you so much money. And then just, we didn't, it just never told her nearly what it costs. So <laughs> yeah, that's one of those. That's the old joke. If my wife ever sold my race car for what I told her, I paid for it. I would kill her. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Um, so like I, when you're saying you're taking naps, are you like in that five to 10 range still? Like when, when grandma and grandpa are taking you to the races. Yep. Yep. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. So it was... how, how old were you when you finally got a car then? I got a, my first car in 2002. Um, I think I was 22, 
22 ish, something like okay. that. Okay. So, so like 1980 or so you were born? 77. Oh yeah. So you were older then. So you were like 25 then. 25 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then what class was that? Uh, street stock. Okay. Nice. Was Soda street stock car. Yeah. Was there, what kind of success did you have there? You know, in the beginning I bought a car from another racer. Um, the first year he, he was number 65. We pulled the five off and I was just six for a, a short time. I, I should back up prior to that. I had a, a best friend and we built a car together. Um, that's when we were going to college and uh, we raced for a year or so, but we weren't very good. We didn't know what we we're doing. We didn't know stagger. We didn't know anything. It was, um, and then I went to college and then kind of just got away from it all. Okay. Um, and then when I came back from college, um, I, we had my oldest son's mom and I built a house and we're doing some things and then, uh, you know, going to get married and then all that kind of fell apart and didn't happen. And we sold the house and I took my proceeds and went and bought a race car. And, uh, um, so yeah, I did, did that and, and it was okay, but it was, I think it was my second year in that car. I won my first race at Princeton. Um, okay. and, uh, you know, then it was kind of yeah. recline and sinker after yeah, that. Exactly. So. Exactly. Uh, we got another house we could sell. I could put into the race car again. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. So how long were you in a streeter then? Um, from two thousand two and then uh, two thousand eight, I switched to Midwest Mods. Okay, so. and then uh, and obviously some major league success in the B Mods. Yeah, that was um you know, that didn't come without a lot of controversy. My dad was, was really mad, um, really mad when we uh, switched to, or I told him we were going to switch because back then you go to Princeton and there was 50 draw sticks in the little bucket and to draw your number for the heat race. And they ran out of heat sticks oh. the first year I was in B mods because there was 50 plus of them. And he's like, you're never going to make features. You're going to run the B feature load up. And he was just, man, was he mad? And, yeah. um, you know, I just had to put that aside and, and decide what we're going to do. And I guess we've never, uh, we've never had that conversation. There you are. We just, that, so what that was folks is Jason just got a phone call. Uh <laughs> no, that was actually my, uh, my low battery light. I guess I, I wasn't planning to use my phone. I should yeah, we weren't probably, yeah, that's all right. So we'll, we'll be as quick as we can to get done here. So it's, so you, you get into B mods, you have, Clearly, you. I mean, I'm sure there's times where you loaded up and went home, but more often than not, you're in the A main and you're up front. Your B mod career is is legendary. Yeah, it's you know, I it's been great. I don't have a. I mean, I've surrounded myself with great people, great sponsors. Um, you know, there's in my mind the car. The whole program's is three parts. You gotta you gotta be able to drive. You gotta have a good equipment um but you got to have good people around you you know yeah. pit people help people support people and and fortunately i've had all of those things throughout my career so yeah yep, for sure it takes there's there's so many things in our sport that are that three-legged stool that without all three of them something's off balance and, it, and you can fake it for a bit but you're not going to have long-term success without all three aspects of that of nobody can nobody can be gr really really successful by themselves it's just it's just not ever going to happen there's too much work to do to do it all alone 
And uh, you can race, you can have fun, but you're not going to be a contender consistently by yourself, I don't think. And so it's, um, you've had a long, you've been 20 some years now in racing cars and, and huge success in, in the B mods for sure. Who is, there's the saying that steel sharpens steel. Who who is who is your steel? Who is who is the guy that when you show up at the racetrack on a weekly night, you know, weekly basis, or when you show up at a special, you know, depending on who it is, who who is the one that like if I beat him tonight, I had a good night. Well, you know, I think it it changes year after year. For sure, um, it does. Yeah, you know, it's obviously Zach Benson this year. I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. It's on a he's on a tear, and and you know. Felt good to beat him last night, um, but uh, it was a great race. But um, it, it's year after year. I mean, when when I was back in Streeters, you know, the Chris Gullickson builds my engines and has forever. Um, but he raced, and his two brothers, Jimmy and Dan, did. And yeah. all three of them would show up at the track, and I would get so frustrated. And, you know, I'd say to my mom, it's like, oh, well, you know, we got to race them now. And, and she told me years ago, and it's on the wall in this room down here now, but she said, you know, to be the best, you have to beat the best. Yep. And um, – you know, that's kind of been our motto. And, uh, you know, year after year, I mean, you go on a Saturday night, you go to Cedar Lake and Brandon Jensen pulls in and it's like, uh, okay, here we go. Yeah. You know, him. yep. Yeah. So, and, and there's others, I mean, it's, you know, but that's, yeah. I think you're right too, in your statement that, that it changes like from year to year, there's, there's a new, a lot of times there's a new person that sort of gets their program together you know, second, third year in the car, starting to feel it, know where the edge is, you know, trying a little harder, maybe better equipment, that kind of thing. And so there's the cream rises to the top differently from different years. And, and the other thing that you sort of said right there is depends on what track you're pulling into. There's, there's the, the best guy at different tracks. And, and I guarantee you people think the same thing when the 16 trailer rolls in, they're like, crap like okay well i i i'm not gonna throw the towel but it's that's gonna be a dog fight tonight you know and so because you're if you're at a track you're you're gonna you're gonna pass the 16 at some point if you're gonna win this race unless of course you draw 200 on the in the pill draw <laughs> and that's the way it's been all year for me yeah so. that's that says every racer ever <laughs> like i never get a good pill which right. is, is not true for anybody. Every now and then you 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 see the single digit come up and you think, where's the rest of the numbers? Yeah. Right. But um so where going forward, where where does I mean you've been 20 years in the sport, you've been very successful where you're at. Um, is there is there different classes in the future? I mean, do you do you ever want to put fenders back on the car and run a late model or do you nope? Okay. <laughs> No. Want to think about that for a second, Jason? No, no. <laughs> um, I, I just, I grew up, you know, watching Ron Jones and them guys. And I, I just, I've always been a modified guy. That's what I wanted to do. I, I tried Dan Lonsky's late model last year, just a little bit on the limited schedule that we could do it. Um, I, I enjoy watching the late deal. models, yeah. you know, but uh, modifieds is my thing. And I drove Randy's you know, Randy Hansen's modified for off and on several years, but I just, I can't do two cars by myself. You know, I hear, I can't even tell you how many times a year I hear, why aren't you going to move up? When are you going to move up to modifieds? And it's like, 
I race within my means. Yeah. No, you know, as you what, should, what, yeah. what I can afford to do and I can't afford to go a mod racing. And, and now if I go to the racetrack by myself or my, you know, 10 year old comes with me, uh, I can manage this program, what I have by myself, yeah. you know, or with, with my family. Um, if when the pit guys show up, that's great extra, but I, I don't want to take on something more than I can, can put 110% into and have yeah. the success. Yep. Nope. That is you're you're prudent to do so. I think people get caught up in that peer pressure of like, nope, you got to be, you know, you got to move. You've, you've been here for two years, five years, 10 years, whatever it is. And you have to move up. Like, no, you don't like you, you run within your means, man. You know, like make sure the mortgage is paid before the race car is paid. And, right. and, uh, and that's now if someone shows up with a car and says, Hey, I'd love to put a 16 wrap on this thing and I'm paying all the bills and you just, you just go wheel it. Is that, would you do it? It would take a conversation, um, you know, with, with my wife and, and see, I mean, it depends on the car. I mean, if it was modified and something like that, you know, I I would probably have to give it a lot of thought. I mean, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I really enjoy the program we have and, and doing the stuff and, and, taking pride in what we've built and making yeah. work with what means we have. So I don't know. And it's, plus, it's all right. I like, I like to go where I want to go and race where I want to race and not have to be told, you know, well, here's I own the car and this is where you're going to go. And this is what we're going to do because yeah. we're, we're trying to put the fun back into this again. Yeah, no, that's man. This, those are good things to say. Like that is, there needs to be more of that. There seems to be a lot of uh, consternation in in racing right now where there's people are seeking the drama like looking for it finding it and and uh man it's supposed to just be fun right like let's let's just have fun and that it what you're talking about there jason it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing is like i go to the racetrack it i know the car forwards backwards left right anything that happens to it i know how to fix it i know the adjustments to make on this track or that track and it's fun. Like it's, you just go out, run your race, have fun like that. That might be the, that might be the title of this, this uh, episode is having fun. And so awesome. Okay. So I know your battery life is low. And so we'll, we'll quickly, you know, kind of move on for, I got a lot more questions for you, but maybe we'll talk about those at a racetrack sometime soon. And, uh, and we'll move on to the yourmth.com rapid fire questions, which is, You've seen the show, Jason. It's it's five questions that may or may not have to do with racing. Some of them do, some of them don't. Uh, but it's all brought to you by Your MTH, which is it's Minnesota Trek headquarters. Everybody watching this show by now has seen me talk about it. Hopefully, you've gone to their website, yourmth.com. When you need a vehicle, give them a shot at earning your business because I promise you they will. They are they just got it dialed. Their system is freaking flawless and they got great cars and trucks. So um, question number one of the rapid fire questions is what is, and I think I'm going to know the answer to this one. Like, like that is what is your favorite racetrack? Cedar Lake. Cedar Lake. Yep. You're, you're never not there on a Saturday night. Like you're, it's, you're just there all the time. I, I think I skipped for the first time this past Saturday because there was a, a lot of money on the line at Ogilvy. So um that was that was a long week of decision making and, and yeah. talking about and debating what to do and yeah but yeah no that Were you I the mean, points th- leader did you give up a points lead uh, two of them yeah oh so, yeah 
Cedar Cedar Lake <laughs> on, Cedar Lake on Saturday and and Superior on Friday. But uh, uh, it just Cedar Lake is sentimental to me. I've been going there yeah. since I walked in and got carried out because I fell asleep, you know, with my yeah. grandparents. Yeah, that's just it's that's home. just what it is. Yeah, it's, it's right. And it, yeah, it's the closest track to my house too. So it it works out really well then. So, um, what is your favorite meal? Like whether it's home cooked that the wife makes or that you grill or that you go out to eat, what it, what's, what's Jason Vandekamp's favorite thing to eat? Uh, shamrock pizza and superior. That is shamrock is a flavor of pizza or that's, no, that's, that's okay. the name of the, that's the place. Okay. Shamrock pizza and superior. I mean, I'm, I'm as plain of an eater as you'll find. So, I mean, it's pepperoni pizza for me, but yeah, shamrock's my favorite pizza. So that's, Good to know. That's right. What yeah. what is different? Is it like wood fired or like what what's different about it? It's not wood fired, but they're the pepperonis are they're tiny little pepperoni that they get from a local place up there, and they cup and crisp up, and they're just I don't know. I just I love holds their the, pizza. Holds the grease right in their little yeah. cup of grease. Right. <laughs> no, there's there's a place I'm from Brainerd, uh, and there's a place here called Rafferty's Pizza, and it is. It sounds like the same kind of thing. It is just amazing pizza. I like, like when you get one of those cravings and you're just like, I gotta have it. Like you just, you just have to go get one because that's just how it is. But um, where is the worst place to be stuck or stranded? Like I'm in my head, I'm thinking like airport, like when you're like stranded someplace, what, what was the worst place for you to be stranded? Uh Uh-huh the cities <laughs> or no. just to be that you don't yeah. even have to be stranded yeah. there i just yeah no yeah. I'm, I'm with you there I, I these people who can't wait to move downtown and live downtown i don't know how they do it can't I don't do know it that either man no by I, I, traffic i mean the worst place for me is to be stranded in traffic i'm i'm a very impatient yeah traffic driver yeah. kind of instant road rage yeah yeah, yeah. no nope, i hear you there's i saw a video just just today in I think it was somewhere in Minneapolis metro in the metro area there and it was there was construction up ahead and everybody had to get single file and there's like this long line of cars like in a line and this car comes up passing you know 70 cars and is gonna merge over at the last possible second and and there was a guy that did exactly what what your brain is thinking is he looked in his mirror and saw this guy coming and he literally just pulled out in front of him and put the guy into the guardrails, like yeah. hit his car and put him into the guardrail. And I'm like, man, what an idiot, but man, I, I high five to you, man, because like, you're going to probably go to jail for that. And you wrecked your car and you wrecked his car, but like, that's exactly what I think everyone wants to do. Right. I, I've, I've, I've pulled over. I mean, I see him coming. If I I'll pull over or Block especially if you yeah, especially if you can get someone else, you know, to go alongside and you just side by side with them until it's time to merge. You let them back in front and it just the other guy sits there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's it was. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. The metro area is if the further away from it, I am the happier I am going to be. So um, number four is what would your you, you've told me before we got on camera here you're a spray foam guy you own a business where you you do spray foam insulation stuff right right so what would your ultimate job be like you you you're not you didn't win the powerball so you still have to work but what what would your your dream job be 
uh, I mean, it was always to either play baseball for a living or to, uh, you know, uh, you know, drive around and race, race. you know, yeah. cars, something like that. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, after I did 20 years in probation and, and public service stuff. And I mean, so I have a lot of, you know, my heart goes back to that as far as, yeah. you know, it's nice to help people and do that kind of stuff. But, you know, the world got a little too crazy, a little too dangerous. So, yeah. Phone's going dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, but yeah, I, I mean, if I could do anything, I would just drive around the country and race, you know, race cars. But, yep. Yeah. Nope. That's a good answer. That's a real good answer, actually. Um, when is Jason Vandekamp the happiest? Uh, I mean, the, the easy answer is victory lane, you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, that. Is there some outside of racing, though? Is there, like, I mean, there is, like, we, you know, my kids are playing hockey, and we, uh, we had some time off this, this summer and, um, or this spring when they were done with, they're normal and then they were going to play triple a and so we hadn't been to the rink in a while and i remember walking in the rink that night and you know it's totally different rank where they're playing triple a and not our home rink and i just told my wife i said man does it feel good to be back at the rink you know it was like just home you know um so i i don't know i mean it's i like to you know i like to just when our family goes out to eat or just do something like that um you know it, it it we've experienced a lot of it in our family recently, but it, it life short. And, yeah, you know, so it's, it's, I race a lot less than I used to um, because, you know, my kids are in hockey. My wife has things she wants to do. My family has stuff they want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I would have loved to have gone back racing tonight and this whole week, that was kind of my plan. And then, you know, work, work comes before play and, yep, you know, yep. I, I have opportunity to work this week, so I'm. That's what I'm doing. But you got to go do that. Yeah, I mean, just I don't know. I sometimes I just like to sit down and you know re- relax for a few minutes, which I don't do very often. But yeah, uh, it's hard. People type A people that are always driven. That's hard to do. Like like relaxing causes anxiety. <laughs> like like I should be doing something. I, I have a lot of friends like that, and so. It's I'm like that a bit, but if you, if you get me in the right atmosphere, then I can chill and just let it go. Like get the phones away from me and just be just, just exactly like what you're saying there kind of thing. But, okay. So that's the yourmth.com rapid fire questions. Last segment, hopefully we get it in before that phone gets down to zero is the ECS. This is your segment right here, man. This is the ECS pay it forward question. East central sport, Matt Johnson, uh, thank you for jumping on board. We're doing this giveaway, the the pit bike thing. It's 20 bucks to get on the board. Venmo me your money. You're on the board. We'll give you, a, if you win, you get a, a, a brand new SSR 125 pit bike. So um, this is where my last guest asks you a question. You get to ask my next guest a question. This is a guy that you're going to know pretty damn well, Adam Ayotte, the 04. Uh, and so his question for you is, if you're racing your best friend, your best racing friend and you're on the track together and you're running second and he's running first and it's the white flag lap and you're close enough. Do you slide your best friend and, and take the win from him? Or do you, do you, do you settle for second? 
absolutely you you come to win so that, that's exactly even if you got to dirty him up a little bit you slide your best yeah. friend right no i i mean i would do it if i could make sure it was clean yeah um but i i you know despite what people may think i i don't enjoy fixing the tin on my car and working on my car so despite um, what people think <laughs> i uh i um no i i mean if if you can do it and clear and whatever, I mean, you know, this happened just last year. Cole Boston got his very first win at Cedar Lake and he was running first and I was running second. And I mean, I, he had the line, I tried what I could try and I did what I could do, but you know, it was also enjoyable to sit there and watch, you know, be challenging him and yeah. knowing that he's how excited he's going to be getting his first win. I mean, that Mike and Molly actually have, won and that you yeah. didn't hit the brakes a little. Yeah. 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 No. And, yeah. and, you know, Mike and Molly sponsor me. So they, you know, that was cool to see Cole and be part of that, but it's, yeah, yeah no, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a dirt track and we're all there to win and there's going to be some bumps and people make some contact, but I, I, I do not like fixing my car and working on Nobody my car. Does. And I just, you swear I, to I God, some people do, but I don't think anybody does, you know no, what I mean? I yeah. I don't. I'm very OCD, so I'm, I like my stuff looking nice, and I I just cringe when when you know people drive like you know and make contact, and I yeah. just I don't try to. I certainly don't, and uh, and, and I. But it I is racing. It, it it's racing, yeah. you know. But I yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't initiate contact with somebody even if it was my best friend to go win the race. I would yeah. no. Nope. I would slide him back and forth and hope that he did it back to me and and put on a good show for the fans and. You know, that's become our motto lately. It's all about the fans. So yeah, no, that's perfect. It's as it should be. They're ultimately they're the ones that are paying your paycheck at the end of the night, kind of thing, you know. And so, okay. So the next guest, another guy that you're gonna know pretty well, maybe you've done what we just talked about with is Travis Schulte. Travis, I've been me and Travis have been trying to get together to be on the show for a long time. Uh, and I think we've got it nailed down to where he's gonna be on the show. Uh, but what would what would your question for Travis Schulte be? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is what are you going to spend that five thousand on that he just exactly won that yes but, uh, yeah. Um, you know damn well what he's going to spend it on his race cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, pay for, pay for the stuff that he's already got. That's what you <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I guess, you know, his dad was telling me once uh, about a year ago or so, he said that we're, we're, uh, I, I got some stuff we're trying with, with, uh, with tires and to make our tires last longer. This was with the tire shortage with gum. So I guess that would be my question for him is, is what are you, what are you doing to the tires that are making them last longer? To make them last longer. Yeah. That's not a typical tire question. To, right there, to, make to, them to uh, you know, to, to rejuvenate them, whatever it is that okay. they're doing, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, I, I know they're not, uh, I know they're not doing anything that they shouldn't be doing, but, um, you know, it, it just, his dad's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try this and we're going to see if we can make this work. And, you know, so I guess that'd be my, that'd be my question. That's a great, cause that if, and if there is something that they're doing that isn't, that just, like you say, rejuvenates them, doesn't not necessarily a competitive advantage, share that. And, and, uh, if it's competitive advantage, so, I don't know what we're doing. Like that's dead. I, I you have to talk to him. I don't. I don't expect him to answer it because I mean it. It that's ultimately what it comes down to is a competitive advantage. But exactly. uh, just um, that would be my curiosity. So yeah. Well, that'll be. I'll tell him it's from you, and he'll be like, mm, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, that's pretty funny. When he'll say, when you move up to modifieds, I'll let you know how to do that. Right. <laughs> well, man, I, I wish we had a little bit more time, but I want to get out of here before your phone is completely dead. Uh, thank you for being patient with getting, it took us a while to get the call rolling here, uh, which I think was my fault, not your fault, but we, uh, we got her done and I appreciate you being on the show, Jason. And I appreciate you, uh, I appreciate how you race and when you race. And I, I love watching you. You're, you're absolutely one of my favorite drivers have been for a decade. So uh, it's an honor for me to have you on the show. And, and uh, I look forward to seeing you at a racetrack soon. Thanks, Kyle. I really appreciate it. I, you know, appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. It's, you know, we don't get to do a lot of these things, so it's fun. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, we'll, we'll do it again. I promise if, if we can, if the show continues, which it's gonna, we're uh, I'm bound to determine to make this thing last a long time. I love doing it just like you love getting in a race car. I love doing this kind of stuff. And so we're going to uh, we're going to make the show last a long time, I hope. And uh, if people keep watching, I'll keep making them. So after the checkers, everybody with Jason Vandekamp.